welcome to the first edition of Link Talk. I'm Flo and I'm here to guide you through our first rich and contentious topic. Is speech ever truly free on social media? It's not a typical podcast, no question and answer or general freeform discussion. Our mission is to bring you everything that has been discussed on the platform to date, with salty segments added from guests with different views. Today, someone who values free speech to differentiate themselves, a concerned employer worried about brand being tarnished, and an employee struggling with discretionary guidelines. This topic is hot. Only recently, Roseanne Barr lost her job because of contentious comments, alongside another chap who lost his job because he was dancing on a video. On our team, we have different perspectives, but we're not going to hear our views. We're here to give a voice to your comments, those you have found for us. To do this, you'll hear two voices. Anton will take the best employee free speech arguments and Zara will channel the comments representing employers. They will argue it out, not their ideas, yours. Our first guest, Emma Preston, sets this up nicely by saying why for her the freedom of speech LinkedIn offers is special. Well, to me, it's about being real, being honest, being true, having integrity, having respect for me, having respect for others. You know, I want a voice and I want it to be heard. I want to be respected. I want to captivate an audience. I want a platform to showcase who I am. If I'm not true to who I am, then why should you listen? I want to be seen as a businesswoman. You see, LinkedIn does this for me. It allows me to have a voice. If people want to listen, they can. If they don't want to, they don't have to. But at least I'm being honest to myself. I'm transgender. I don't think that's a surprise. I am being honest to myself. And if I want to say that in my messages, then so I should be allowed to. Whatever subject I want to talk about is what is important to me. And therefore, that is authentic. Why am I being authentic? Because I need my audience to believe in what I say. I do my best to have integrity, to have values and to live by my morals. So having heard how positive social media can be in enabling an individual like Emma to position herself however she wants, sounds great. But we know that the picture is far more complex. Let's listen in to how employers and employees see this. Zara is voicing employer points, raising source material, and Anton will voice employee view, views drawn from the material you provided. While recruiters rightly want to leverage their employees as brand ambassadors, it's not always easy to let go and trust that they'll convey the right message. Recruiters, marketers, and brand managers perform a balancing act between encouraging employees to use social media and giving them the freedom to be authentic while still making sure the content they're posting supports the company's brand. And that just sounds so like regimented for me. You know, I'm coming from a standpoint, I'm a content, a content creator and I'm looking at it. What goes around comes around. If you want the benefit of attracting the demographic that I can bring to you as a company, that could be, you know, something that you can't currently attract, that you need to give me the trust to be able to be myself and to be real on my social media. 
And if you put me in this little tiny box, you, I'm not going to be able to do that. Yes, but where there be any constraints on how people present themselves, there is no doubt that some people inflate their importance. As an employer, you can check whether a new recruit is who they say they are. More of a concern is an existing employee claiming to be something they're not and misleading clients and bringing the brand into dis disrepute. Yeah, and that's, where, and that's where the question of trust comes in. You know, once again, we're talking about, and Emma talks about trust and being authentic. Uh, we do not live in an authoritarian state, and staff do, do need to be treated with respect and trust. However, it's clear that the clarity of guidelines and social media usage can only cement that. So we need that clarity. I think we're in agreement there that we have to provide that transparency for what is a two-way relationship. Otherwise, this can't work. If all you're doing is saying, oh, I pretend to be somebody I'm not, and I feel that you're doing that, and I feel that you're breathing down my neck, then I'm not going to feel like you're trusting me. I'm not going to support you with your message. Talking about trust and transparency, there is another category of people who are going to be hired in future. The role social media plays in HR matters raises even bigger questions. Facebook and Twitter have been open for 11 years. That means a whole generation now graduating into the workplace has its entire history online forever as preserved as an insect in amber. And that is a very true point you bring up, and it's actually something that I wasn't even thinking about before, is what about the people coming in that are looking to get hired? They're not a full-on employee of ours. You know, we really need to find a way to strike balance between monitoring employee activity and on social media and respecting employee privacy rights. But we may need to create a separation in what is going to be on the side of you're looking to get hired, what are we going to look at, versus what is going to be once you're an employee, we took a shot on you, what are we going to do then in that category? You know, because some employers are benefiting by encouraging to go online and, co and connect and place these messages and they can't have it both ways to where you're boxing me up and you're keeping me in that tight little area. So maybe we have a tighter rule for when you're coming into the company, we're going to scan you under a much, uh, much more defined filter and there's going to be a little bit more leeway once we hire you. There's, there is no doubt that employees' concerns are very real. Our next guest is a board member responsible for crafting social media policy. Interestingly, this person is also a content creator, double sword. This is a very hot topic for their employer. We are only able to get this by agreeing to disguise their identity, despite this being a company line view. That's an interesting twist. It's not the person, but the company that is seeking anonymity. The big question we are considering today is, can the things that employees say or do on their personal, private social media pages affect their employment or be governed by their employer. Everyone thinks the First Amendment protects freedom of speech on social media, and many believe in that in the U.S. this means an employer cannot terminate an employee for a comment made in his or her own time and on his or her own personal social media page. They argue that there is a separation between personal and professional. To some extent, that's true. An employee's comment on their own personal social media is protected by the First Amendment. A person can't be arrested or punished by the government for expressing their own views. And yes, there is a line that separates personal from professional, but thanks to social media, that line is becoming more blurry. A person's freedom to speak his or her mind does not protect from being fired from a job 
for violating professional standards of conduct, especially if there's an employment contract that requires employees to live up to a certain, clearly defined level of professional standards. Now, for those who bristle that this is just quote-unquote political correctness, it's not. This is about being professionally correct. So what exactly are the rules for being professionally correct? Well, that depends. This raised three points for us. Social media, law and crime. What do you think about when defining policy or assessing companies' policy? And what are the consequences of reach? The third point this raises consent. Who is responsible for material which gets posted? And how far are you responsible for material that was posted historically, not by you? Here's what we found in the material. As an employer, you should consider some protective measures. Make it crystal clear to your employees what the firm considers to be appropriate and inappropriate uses of social networking media in relation to the workplace. Write and promote social media networking policies. Make it clear that online comments can affect employment. You should also ensure all employees, including new starters, are aware of your workplace policy and have signed their agreement. Therefore, it is prudent for employers to prepare and implement a social media policy in the workplace in order to avoid risk of disclosure, confidential and proprietary information and claims of cyberbullying, harassment and discrimination. And, and I'm all for that as a, you know, as an employee, even the thing that I'm seeing as a problem is that you need to create the training. It's not just about create a policy and send it out in the world and accept that people are going to understand it. You need to create a plan for when things go wrong. You're going to have crises. So what are we going to do after that? You know, is this person going to get fired for something that they never actually knew existed in that policy or weren't clearly trained on? So as an employee, I expect that social media policy should clearly articulate the legitimate business interests the employer seeks to protect. I need to understand that as well as provide clear definitions of prohibited behavior and private confidential information and spell out the consequences for violation of the policy. I need to also know what are going to be the consequences. This is the first time I screw up, I'm getting fired, but what if you didn't cover that at all and I screwed up? Well, maybe the first time is a warning and now it's going to be clearly put into the social media policy as an amendment and distributed out. For minimizing the number of those crises to happen, there comes the need of reputation management before the flood. The best way to think about brand management is before a rogue employee is risking your online reputation. Much like buying car or life insurance, planning for the day when disaster strikes is imperative to quickly restoring reputation standards as well as setting the bar for behavior with employees throughout the offices. And, and I'm, I'm actually, once again, agreeing there too, because I think that the employer has more to lose than an employee ultimately. So they need to be more proactive looking ahead at what's around the corner, keeping up with the trends. Now we can't capture everything. And that's where I'm going to suggest that some people are taken to adding social media disclaimers as kind of a solution to that. This allows for things that are not yet defined to be disassociated with the company until social media policy clarifies it again. And what this makes me think of is do we provide clarity in two different umbrellas where you're going to have a policy 
against what you're or with what you're doing in your private time and you're going to have a different policy in what you're doing in your work time or is there even a distinction from an employer's point of view there is no distinction between off duty and on duty so there is no separation of one from the other on social media either as an employer it is of concern what employees do at any point yeah, but see, to me, employees have no rights to dictate what employees post outside of work hours. You know, it seems unfair to me to dictate professional relationships outside of work. You know, employees should be protected from whistleblowing in this, in this area. Otherwise, what we're going to get into issues is that if I am not able to speak out against my company because they're doing something wrong and I can't put that out there, what stops a company from doing all sorts of bad things? Our next guest is an employee in a major global firm. Someone senior who both publishes on LinkedIn and is responsible for employees, double whammy, some of whom are posting. Due to the sensitivity of this topic in that employer, we have disguised the entity of this brave guest. At the end of the day, it becomes a question of integrity in my mind. So it's the integrity of, am I the court jester or the town crier of foolishness for my company, right? So that's the fear, but you're saying that there's a potential for that. And really, you have to look at the duality of this, the duality of my personal brand versus my business brand, because they are separate entities, but they are tethered together. And that that tetheredness, that connection, that synapse that is holding us together is integral. And, and so it is very hard for the company to understand that. So what happens is they write a policy that is both innocuous and subjective. And, and, and it's full of things like vulgarity and obscenity, racism, xenophobia, all of these kinds of things that are obvious that we cannot do and should not do even on Facebook, but it leaves professionalism, and that's in air quotes, to a subjective party. So my employees, you know, underneath me, it leaves it up to me and HR and 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 my boss, it's it's up to him. And and all of that comes down to a sense of common sense, but common sense is not common. What I view as inoffensive to other folks may still come off as unprofessional to people, especially people that view it as a discontinuity with the company image. And those are people that in large measure are not engagers on LinkedIn, are not frequent purveyors of LinkedIn. They don't come, they don't post, they don't comment. They don't even look at it beyond looking for jobs and maybe reading an article. And that leaves the rest of us in this tricky situation where if you're a regular user, we know it's appropriate and it matches, but if you're not, perhaps it becomes something where they're screaming, this ain't Facebook. So that problem is a bit unfair. And so the folks that are making these policies or that are making these opinions, first off, need to make them more objective and more clear. And they really need to be people that are following what's happening on the platform at least in my opinion. It seems discretion and professionalism are the go-to descriptors, and that is hard to interpret. Let's explore this further from employee and employer perspective. Many professionals suggest that employers limit access or block social sites during working hours, but the issue remains that the employee is at home more hours than they're at work. That's right. Sim 
simply blocking access during working hours is like putting a band-aid on a gunshot wound. It creates a false sense of protection. Protecting the brand and the business online reputation is the only way to be sure that drug employees know the consequences before sharing on social media and are held accountable if their actions damage the company. And, and we're in agreement there in a stance because I think we need communication and consistent enforcement of social media policy to all employees. Otherwise, we're going to run into employees making claims that were unaware of that policy. But the clarity and communication falls on you as an employer. You have to make sure that every new employee hired, any addendum made, any, any sort of progress made with that policy is very clearly articulated to every single employee. We can't hold somebody accountable to something they weren't properly trained in. And employers should use caution when disciplining employees based on social networking activities as certain union and non-union employee rights need to be considered. So that's why this is not as simple as a putting a Band-Aid on something. We really got to sit down and have a legitimate conversation and maybe spend hours, days, weeks to really put something clear cut out there. Well, with that said, then the companies need to take control of monitoring their own brand, which is vital to reputation management. To be an issue, comment must be relevant to employment and cause reputational harm. But the other part, in order to punish the employee, that had to have been clearly articulated in social media policy beforehand. Otherwise, we can't hold the employee liable for something we never trained them in. But the question that I bring up is, do we hold the different standards? I've heard of different companies holding different standards for higher level management and frontline employees. Should there be a difference in those standards? Your role is in company seems to be relevant. The more senior, the bigger the issue, because the more time you spend in the company, the company is expecting more from you than a newbie and a new entry. But to me, what I'm looking at is I'm not looking at it by capabilities. I'm looking at it from freedom of expression. So from coming from freedom of expression as an employee, anything outside this is breaching human rights. And this would be an example if you held me to a different standard than my employees, you know, I, I would feel like I'm being discriminated against, that I'm being measured on a different standard when my employees are being measured. When I'm not looking at it from a standpoint of skill set, I'm looking at it from a standpoint of freedom of expression. And that's where things get a little bit hairy. And that's where really it's all about the discussion that ensues after this. Thank you for joining us today for this first podcast. We've pulled together the material you find for us in the platform, added to what we managed to excavate, and some tantalizing perspectives from our guests. We've tried to organize it so that as of today, we are all up to speed on this as each other. Together we now know more. So, is speech ever truly free on social media? It's difficult to call. There are many things to consider. How you think about this depends if you are an employee or an employer. It concerns all of you. Here are some of the points that came up in the debate. What's the way forward? We need to have open discussion. We need to think about devising an objective social media policy. How about this one strike rule? This needs further discussion. So this is where we are, 19th of June, 2018. There's no doubt there will be more created on this topic. We now have a place to put it all. It's where you can find all the source material for this show. See anything that adds up to this topic? Just drop links you see in hashtag free speech social media. This is our portal to the future. A living archive we have created so the debate continue. It only works if you want it. 
We welcome your feedback to make the next podcast better. We're now preparing for the next programme. The future of this topic is in your hands. Thank you.